podcast. I'm Tracy Angwin. Today I'm joined by Josh Vernon and Brad Joffe from Earned. As you'll hear, I get a pretty big education on what they do at Earned, as I've been pretty sceptical about Earned Wage Access in the past. Josh is the CEO and founder of Earned, who started the business in university to solve a significant challenge many Australians face in managing their money. Brad is the general manager of Earned, an ex-corporate lawyer with a background in global venture capital and mergers and acquisitions. You'll hear the story of how these two got together and why they're so passionate about financial well-being for employees. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode of Talking Payroll. Josh and Brad, welcome to the Talking Payroll podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Tracy. Now, you both probably don't consider yourselves to be in the payroll industry, um, but but tell me how you found yourselves in the payroll industry. Um, I may uh, may start with a little bit of background about um, how we started earned, and I, I clearly remember the first time um, getting a heavily or getting an understanding of the payroll industry was sitting with one of our uh, first customers, um, JD Sports, and just seeing the complexity of what uh, the lady there um, who was in the payroll role had to go through. Um, so that was my first real experience with um, the payroll industry itself. But I guess to backtrack a little bit, um, we started around about three years ago now. Um, and it was after a friend of mine got into quite a poor financial situation from using payday loans. And uh, before that point, we didn't really recognize the enormity of the challenge that many people uh, face around managing their finances. And after that situation sort of dived into it and it's quite shocking that there's about 782,000 uh, payday loans taken out annually and wow. the, yeah it's a, a shocking figure and comes off the back of uh, 46% of Aussies living paycheck to paycheck and one in three of us not being able to access $500 in an emergency so um, that was uh, that was our long-winded way of getting into the business but I do clearly remember sitting with that first customer and um, being being shocked at the uh, amount of work that goes into a payroll um, officer's job and uh, how thankless it can sometimes be um, uh, for a lot of the time and they'll sort of only get noticed um, when the pay goes correct but I think that has changed over the last year given how important um, paying people uh, has been throughout COVID and all the challenges there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just pleased that you actually got that um, education early. I, I know many financial controllers and HR directors and CEOs who've been, you know, 30, 40 years into their career that still underestimate what happens in a pay office. Yeah, it's um, it's it's actually incredible. We've got um, we've got a tagline at Earn saying um, power over pay, but it really should be power over payroll. And I think it goes to your point, um, Tracy, in your book, The Profit from Payroll and how to make it a, an operational asset. But it is, it's crazy the amount of work that payroll officers put in and um, how really they're only um, looked at when something goes wrong. But I do think there's um, such power in their role. So I guess a thank you to your community for uh, allowing us to leverage the power of uh, payroll to do yeah. good. Any time. Hey, Brad, so it doesn't answer the question how you got into payroll, though. How did, how did you get here? <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting journey for me. So if you if you told me 10 years ago that I would be as intimately involved in the payroll industry as I am now, I would probably laugh. <laughs> but uh, um, my background actually as a lawyer, and then uh, I moved into venture capital 
and met Josh. We were actually working out of the same office when he founded Earned and he was sitting across the desk from me. And I just absolutely loved the mission, what we were trying to achieve with the business and uh, was kind of there from day zero, but it took a little bit of convincing to get me to jump ship and join the business. Uh, so I think I started as employee number three or four. Um, but thinking back on it, I think there are actually quite a lot of similar traits between being a lawyer and being a, a payroll specialist. I mean, you need diligence, you need structure, you need attention to detail. And I think that's probably why I get along quite well with a lot of our payroll officers that we work with. <laughs> yeah, right. I want. I really would love to be a fly on the wall with, when Josh saying, hey, leave your big time job as a corporate lawyer and, you know, M&A <laughs> and your venture capital folk and come with me and join my startup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crazy. Brad, uh, Brad says it was a quick journey across, but I remember it taking about a year to convince him. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. And look, Josh, I've got to apologize to you because when I first met you about probably about three years ago, I was extremely skeptical about your offering. And I think I probably made that quite clear. Um, and you since did. then, I've <laughs> sorry about that. I publicly apologize to you. I mean, since then, I've seen yeah, I've had some education from you and others. I've seen lots of other organisations join your space and it seems that they're everywhere on backer buses, on the you know, uh, the Olympics, yeah. the television. Um, it's quite extraordinary. And But, but as I understand it, most, most offerings are entirely different to what you'd earned. Um, can you just explain that to us? Because I remember feeling very educated when I learned this, uh, that, that you that not everyone yeah. in this kind of um, industry was the same. Yeah, and I, I really I appreciate uh, the apology deeply, but don't think it's necessary. I think um, anytime we explain our offering at first, it comes with a healthy level of skepticism because um, you are getting involved in your people's finances, and that's not always the most comfortable thing to do, much like getting involved in your employees' mental health probably wasn't the most comfortable thing uh, to do 10 or 15 years ago. Um, so um, I respect the scepticism and thank you for it because it makes us um, be better. But I guess um, to, to point out the differences between what we do um, and what some of those direct-to-consumer offerings uh, do, for background, so Earned was founded together with five um, charities and is a part of a, um, a body called Financial Inclusion Action Plan. So um, deeply ingrained in our mission and in the way our employees think about building products and serving our customers is to support our end users' financial well-being. And the offering that we give to employers and employees um, is not just the immediate access to monies earned but not yet paid. Um, it's also the ability to track earning on a daily basis, to compare it against previous pay periods, uh, to automatically save from one's paycheck, uh, to learn positive financial behaviors through an education platform and then also to get one-to-one -one financial coaching. So it is a, a more holistic offering, but the reason we started with access, and it might be a long-winded uh, way to point out the differences, the reason we started with the ability to access uh, your income as you earn it is because for many people to get them to that point of uh, effectively saving and effectively getting positive financial behaviors embedded uh, in their way of life, they can't do so unless they're out of the sticky financial situation they're in. So if you think about uh, that one in three people who live paycheck to paycheck or can't access 500 bucks in an emergency, uh, that access component really is there to support them uh, rather than going to the more predatory uh, providers and then to bring them into the other features. 
Um, so that's that's sort of why we focused on that. I guess the differences, um, and Brad wrote a, a lovely article on this the other day, so he can expand on it uh, as well, but um, predominantly is that we work with payroll hand in hand. So we're getting access to the data telling us how much an individual has earned or accrued at any point in time. And then we cap the amount that they can draw down at 50% of their income. Um, equally, we charge a simple flat fee, which is oftentimes covered by the employer, like Carnival Cruises or um, BPay does uh, in our case. So if you take out $1,000, it costs you $249, whereas uh, the before pay and my pay now will cost you 50 bucks for that same uh, $1,000. And then the third point wow. is, yeah, a shocking, shockingly That's high quite fee. That's quite a big difference, yeah, particularly if you're doing that every month or fortnight or week. Correct. And I think the way that products are set up are for people to continually do it rather than support them with the other um, savings and education pieces. Um, but you're 100% right. 50 bucks to take out $1,000 and pay it back in two weeks as an annualized rate is exorbitant. Um, so, yeah, yeah wow. I, do, I do think it is a big challenge. Um, and partly because they just don't have access to the payroll data and the professionals in your community are really the ones who allow us to give it at a cheaper rate because we really understand what someone's earning through the power of that payroll data. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Josh is right. I did uh, I did actually put pen to paper and put some <laughs> of my thoughts down on this because I think even, even aside from this space, which is really, really growing in momentum, I mean, consumers these days have so many options available at their fingertips and sometimes it's hard to see the forest from the trees. And I think... One of the things for us um, that we really, really want to achieve at Earned is to be the cheapest and most transparent access to income for anyone available to them. Because if you think about it, if we've got one in two people living to paycheck to paycheck, one in three people who can't access $500 in an emergency, the unfortunate fact is that all it takes is a very small financial shock for those people to be left with nowhere to turn. And that's why the payday loan industry is thriving. And that's why credit cards have become such a big thing. And that's why buy now, pay later has become such a big thing because, you know, people are looking for ways to be able to access, you know, income when they don't have it available to them. But we kind of thought, you know, isn't the best place to start with their employer? And if you think about it, like the invention of the modern pay cycle uh, is about a hundred odd years old, and before that, if you if you did a day's work, you would get paid for that day's work at the end of the day. But then, obviously, you know, f for the convenience of employers and for the convenience of all the payroll officers out there, you don't want to be running pays every day. You know, you extend it out um, to weeks or fortnights or months to help the business and to help the working capital mm -hmm. of the business. But you know, that wasn't really done with the underlying employee in mind. It was done with the business in mind. So. We've reached a stage now where we believe we can give people access to a proportion of their income when they need it. Um, and because we have a plug-in with payroll and time and attendance or workforce management, and it's a, a very easy plug-in for all the skeptics out there, but um, because we have that, we, we really, the integrity of the data that we get is so good that it means we're able to give people pretty much access real time to their pay for almost no no cost whatsoever so um, for us our, our space and and you know I don't like to be called an earned wage access provider because I think we really are as Josh said a, a, an employer sponsored financial well-being provider where we have a, a suite of different tools that people can use but on that on that part the most innovative part of our platform I suppose which is the earned wage access 
that's what we are, earned wage access. So we give people access to the wages that they have actually earned. Um, some of the other providers, Tracy, that you mentioned that you've seen on buses and advertising in the Olympics, broadly what we would call um, those providers are wage advance providers. So you've mm -hmm. got earned wage access versus... Digital payday what, loans, I guess. Uh, that's, similar, a great, similar. that's a great term for them. Yeah. <laughs> Similar, but but yeah. So the key difference is, is they don't they don't have any connection with the employer whatsoever. So so um, how do they find out how to how much to loan the employee then? Yeah, good question. So they use um they use bank scraping technology. So when you sign up to the platform, uh, you'll give them consent for them to look at your bank statements, and they'll see you know your incoming payments from your employer over the past little while, and then they'll make an assumption based on the next pay cycle, how much a particular individual will earn. And then they also give them a proportion of that or maybe a fixed amount like $200, whatever it may be. Um, but oh yeah, the, the, the biggest difference, like Josh said, is um, probably on the fee side. So, um, But it, well, no wonder the fees are so high because the data's got to be rubbish. What if I'm a casual correct. and I'm a university student and I'm, or I've got multiple, I mean, that's quite correct. outrageous. Exactly. And right. I think the, the, the final point is, so we collect funds through payroll through what um, you guys would know very well, like a standard deduction mm -hmm. um, import file. And we set up an earned deduction code and it's really simple to collect it back. But um, the direct-to-consumer providers don't have that same relationship with the employer. So the way they do it is by direct debiting an individual's account. And mm -hmm. oftentimes that leads to failed repayments or additional overdrafts. So all of those factors, the lack of integrity in the data that Brad mentioned and the um, repayment method do lead to the higher rates or greater defaults in higher rates. I can... I can actually feel my blood pressure kind of increasing. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually now really worried I, about anyone who uses yep. products that are outside of the I, – I had no idea that yep. there were products outside of and, the payroll operation. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, if you look at the numbers that Before Pay, My Pay Now are putting out, it looks like there's close to half a million Australians on their platform now. And Cash Converters yesterday oh just um, put out a statement that they're – um, net profit for the year or EBITDA went up 136% and the next product they're rolling out is an earned way, early wage access solution. So it's not it's not as if the issue isn't there. It's yeah, sure. The fact yeah. that the issue is there and in my opinion, we're not doing enough as employers to recognize that this is employees' number one stress and there are responsible solutions out there that we really should be thinking about implementing. But that's my, my very wow. biased view. Well, look, I mean, I, I get that you're biased and I'm not biased, but yeah. I've been in this industry since 1994 and I didn't understand the difference. So mm. I'm actually, I guess that's what makes me worried. Just to break this all down, just so people who are listening to this are really clear, yeah. um, is my understanding correct that you've got a variety of other, I mean, and, and, and to be fair, I don't know, the intricacies of how all you know all the other people in the earned wage access and digital payday loans industry work yep. but am i correct to say that you are either the only or one of a very small cohort that um go through directly through the employer so you so your data integrity and your, your actual ease of integration is there it's managed by the pay office which i think is great but more importantly than that um the, you, you provide financial education and support, but mm -hmm. 
but even more importantly than that, that the employer has an opportunity to actually pay the fee so it's actually a genuine employee benefit. Is Correct. that pretty much what we're talking about? Absolutely spot on. Think, yeah, think, okay. Tracy, yeah. if you ever ever want a job in our sales uh, sales team, please come through because that oh, was a I, very succinct. That was a very succinct way of putting it and, and putting the differences. Together. It's only taken me three years to figure that out. Though. <laughs> maybe I should maybe I should revise my article that I put up last week just with those three points. I'm actually just really shocked. I really yeah. am because, yeah. as you say, the problems the problem is a genuine one. Um, there is, you know, with people who who doesn't have a credit card and. Um, I've I've never necessarily had to uh, call on people like cash converters, but obviously with a hundred and thirty six percent increase in EBITDA, yep. plenty of people do. Mm. Um, tell me, tell me about regulation because I mean, if it quacks like a duck and looks like yep. a duck, um, yep. what regulation is there for these organisations that are just lent essentially? And I know that they're in the fine print, and they'll I'll get hate mail for saying that they don't charge interest, etc. <laughs> but it's kind of interest if it's five percent when you take the loan out that's not a loan yeah. uh and then you have to pay it back in the next fortnight um and you pay another five percent i mean if you as you say if you um if you're in a weekly pay cycle and you extrapolate that over a year that's over a hundred percent interest that you're paying correct. and you might only ever be a hundred dollars in front yeah correct so there's there's an act called the nccp and brad he actually was our, oh, he is a lawyer, so again, he may correct me on this. Um, so um, NCCP, which is the National Consumer Credit Protection mm-hmm. Act, which has an exemption in that act called the Small Amount Credit Contract, SAC. Right. Um, and what that exemption allows for is that if a uh, loan is made to a consumer and it has to hit three criteria points for under 62 days, which is where the four installments for buy now, pay later comes from. Mm -hmm. So under 62 days, they charge under 24% uh, annualized interest um, and under 5% and and under 5% as a transaction fee. Uh, They do not have to get an ACL and Australian credit license. Um, So that is the exemption um, that most players fit um, under. And you're right, if you take out a thousand dollars, and you pay it back within uh, a fortnight. So you pay 50 bucks for that and uh, you extrapolate that interest rate over 26 fortnightly periods, um, it becomes over 100% as an annualized yeah. interest rate. So, but they, but they get around it by calling it a transaction fee then, not interest, because they yeah. are, it is more than 24% yeah. interest. In, in saying that though, wow. I mean, I was looking well, at- it's clever. <laughs> it is clever. It just, it's, just feels really wrong. <laughs> correct. Um, but in saying that, I mean, the, the rates that you can charge under the actual credit act are equally um, excessive. So right. um, payday lenders charge a 20% establishment fee. So you take out a thousand bucks, you pay $200 upfront and then uh, 4% monthly interest. So 48%. Uh, annualized interest on that. So if you pay that back after two months, you pay 20% up front plus uh, the 4% a month, it, it can become exorbitant as well. Wow. Yeah. And that's that's kind of why the one of the reasons we started the business, right? Because, um, you know, we, we had a personal friend who got into a very poor financial situation from mm-hmm. using payday loans, needed $500 for a new fridge because his fridge broke. Mm-hmm. Um, took out one loan because of the interest charges, had to take out two loans on top of that. 
uh, and got himself into what's called a debt spiral kind of right in front of our eyes. And we thought, how can someone who's fully employed, who's a pretty intelligent person, find themselves in this situation? And we looked into some of the data and what we found absolutely shocked us. There's still 782,000 of these loans taken out every year in Australia. And again, so that just made us, you know, in our mind, it just made the mission and what we were trying to do so much clearer. Like, can we provide the cheapest and most transparent form of access uh, to income available to people through payroll, through what they've actually earned, but they just haven't yet been paid? And I, I think, oh, sorry to jump in on you, Tracy. No, <laughs> no I think more than um, just the access component, it's like what you can do once you um, have built that trust with the employee. So access is really um, just the initial point. And then once you've got them inside a trusting environment, automating the processes for an individual to save money um, each time. Wow, well, yeah, that's shift. that's what I was going to ask you about. You, these other yeah. services that you, you provide, tell me about those. Yeah, so, I mean, we when we actually started the business, we started with savings first, but what we very quickly found um, is that it's, it is almost impossible to get an individual to think about their longer-term financial goals when they're in a financial life at that point in time. So mm. that's why I mentioned before we went back to the access component. So the, the five features of the platform as they stand now is uh, track. So the ability for an individual to see their earnings on a day by day or hour by hour basis and compare those earnings to previous pay periods. And what's been really interesting from track is that uh, if an individual recognizes they're earning less this pay period than they did the previous one, and they know a shift is coming up that they can access their income instantly from they're much more inclined to take that so we're seeing mm -hmm. productivity at customers go up as a result of that um it's sort of like uh, brad and i were discussing this the other day but if my dad as a kid um asked me to mow the lawn and said he'll pay me 20 bucks in a month i would probably say no thank you i'll keep playing xbox but if he said <laughs> i'll give you 20 bucks now i'd probably say yes please i'll go buy a new xbox game so um <laughs> more more the currency time. of a teenager yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah go on, Brad, i was just gonna say i was thinking in our early pitch decks that i wanted to put kind of a photo of, of a kid running a lemonade stand and say this person has more connection to their income than most of your employees do because you know they sell a glass of lemonade and they get the funds for it straight yeah. away yeah. <laughs> and it, so, it is it is that whole work and reward piece there yeah, so, but does it work for salaried staff as well? Because you're talking about people with like, and I get yeah. totally get that with, with those yeah. who are either part-time or work flexible hours or, you know, casuals and things. Yeah. But salary staff, I'm assuming that you've yeah. got the same sort of process yeah, for? correct, correct. And salaried staff from a, um, from a calculation of income perspective uh, is arguably easier. So we, yeah, sure. we make an assumption of what an individual's earned over the previous X number of pay periods take into account any unpaid leave and um, sort mm -hmm. of uh, added day by day uh, to what they're earning in this pay period. So that, that's um, track and access. And then um, there's a savings component, which has a couple of awesome little sub features of that. So one of them is each time you access, um, you're automatically opted in and you can opt out of it to save five or $10 into a savings account or into an account that earns interest. Um, you can uh, round up uh, the amount you earn each day into that savings account, or you can just set a simple goal and say, I want to set aside 10% of my monthly 
uh, earnings into a savings account. So that's mm. the sort of first three. And what we see the first two doing is alleviating an individual's immediate financial stress. Save gets them to a point where they can start building for the future. And then the learn element, which has just been um, upgraded as well, gives you a little quiz using CBA's financial being quiz and then um, customizes financial education based on your earnings and your financial well-being score um, to you as an individual. So it might be um, if you're in an older demographic, how to bring your super into one, or um, if you're younger, and not generalizing on those two points, but um, how to avoid using buy now, pay later. And then the final and most um, awesome feature from my perspective is the one-to-one -one financial coaching. So we've actually got qualified mm. financial coaches where 24 seven, uh, you can jump on and have a conversation with them. Amazing, and is that, that's included in the fee that the, that the employer Correct. hopefully is paid? Correct. Yeah, that's, Correct. that's great. I've always been a massive um, advocate of employers providing financial advisor or yeah, you know, even generalized yep. financial advice to to employees as part of you know a well-being program, and um, it's great that it's all connected. Yeah, I'm, I'm it is. So, so sorry, to, so to jump in, Tracy. Not at so all. the um the on the on the coaching part. So it's it's actually more so financial coaching. So the behaviors that go into building a person's financial well-being is right. it you know spending less than I earn. How do I, you know, what's my relationship with debt, for example? Do I, do I need help in that department? What's my relationship with how I budget? Um, mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, we would never kind of say to anyone, you know, you should save in this account or you should go and invest in this stock. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's that financial coaching, which a lot of people are really crying out for and they don't really have a huge amount of access to. Well, that's it. I mean, the only place I ever learned that was honestly my mother. Yeah. Uh, and she would talk about, you know, when she was young and she had this like um, a box, it was like a fishing tackle box and she'd put the, you know, she'd have a sixpence in here for, you know, for the rent and a sixpence in here for something else. And then she knew exactly how much money and she said, I yeah. very clearly remember as a child her saying to me, so whenever a bill came, Tracy, I knew I had the money to pay it. And yeah. it, it just seems really common sense, but it turns out that common sense isn't necessarily that common. And, and you're yes. and look, you're one of the lucky ones, Tracy, because a lot of people out there don't have that trusted advisor to mm. help them with with managing their money. And so it almost becomes a generational issue because if your parents or friends or someone else are bad with managing managing money, then unfortunately, if they're the people that teach you, yeah, then course. you also become that way. And you're completely right. Like we're not taught it in school. We're not taught it yeah. in university. Even though all of us know that money makes the world go round, none of us are taught how to actually use it and interact with it. Yeah, wow. And um, in terms of the benefit, I mean, I think for me, I think it's a great benefit for an employer to provide. What feedback are you getting from employers in terms of you know the people that you're working with, the feedback that they're getting from their employees? Yeah, sure. Maybe maybe I'll jump in here, Josh, and let me know if you want to add anything. No, please. But um, so it's hard we're in, when we're in three different rooms. Yeah, thanks to COVID, right? I know <laughs> exactly the joys. Um, but I think I think for us, like just taking a step back, maybe, and and thinking about what we're trying to achieve from from the employer lens, and what we're really trying to achieve is to support the financial well-being of our partners' employees. And for us as a business, we've had a couple of tailwinds that I think have propelled us. One is you know, we live in the on-demand world where everything's at your fingertips. So it makes sense that pay should, you know, be transported to that realm. Mm -hmm. Two, 
employees matter more than ever before. Um, and, and organizations are doing some amazing things to attract and retain and support their employees. Mm-hmm. And I think three, which is really starting to emerge now, is financial well-being really is kind of the next frontier in employee well-being. And if we think about the well-being of an individual, um, you know, the financial well-being I don't think can be ignored. Like if we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which Josh and I often talk about, that base level of an individual's needs is their physiological needs. It's it's a roof over their head, it's food on the table. And before you know you you satisfy those needs, it's very, very difficult to move up to a sense of safety and belonging and self-esteem up that pyramid. So, you know, when we can address that financial well-being um, and and kind of address the number one concern in the workplace, which which is financial stress, then we think we can have a really positive uh impact on the individuals the employees personally and professionally and then the business as well because if we've got you know more well employees and more supported and happier employees then you know obviously that will bode well for our business um when we think about the the specific benefits and the specific challenges um that we work with some of our customers on um the one at the moment which is very very hard is attraction of talent um Mm. we're in a you know really really hard market at the moment it's a it's a candidate market um you know most most employers out there are having trouble attracting staff with the borders closed particularly a lot of shift working organizations and so what we do is we get a lot of our um, partner employers to advertise earned on their job postings um, they say, you know, you've got financial well-being benefits, you can access one-on-one coaching, you can save automatically from your paycheck, and also probably most importantly or most attractively, you can access your pay as you earn it. Mm. And, and we've seen, um, we did a little uh, bit of a study with Indeed.com and uh, we saw that job postings that mentioned earned um, actually filled 27% quicker than job postings that didn't mention earn the same job pretty much like for like postings. Wow, um, how interesting. Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, it's such a war for talent in all industries at the moment. Exactly. And yes. the problem is like most, you know, you've got you've got companies, you know, you've got hospitality companies fighting for talent with with um with other companies outside of their sectors because yeah. there's just <laughs> so many people out there uh, looking for for the right talent. So there's the attraction piece. There's then there's the retention piece as well. So mm-hmm. similar sort of thing. You know, if if I've got my ability to access my pay here at Hungry Jacks, which is one of our customers, or Pizza Hut, which is one of our customers, and I'm thinking about moving around to, um, you know, an, another fast food provider or another quick service restaurant provider, a- am I going to do that if I know that I've got this support here at the moment? And the data that we're seeing is it actually does have quite a big impact on retention. Mm. Um, one of our customers who's a, who's a fantastic customer in, in Western Australia, TSA Group, um, we've done a study with them and, and we've seen that their attention has actually um, increased by, you know, many, many double digits. So kind of into the 30 or 40%, which is amazing. Um, then staff engagement as well, which is great. And it's that, you know, that idea of giving your staff something that's a bit of a warm hug and something to support them. And then the last one, which Josh mentioned, is actually on the operational side, and it's the ability to sh- fill shifts a little bit be- better. So if I know that um, I'm going to get access to a proportion of my income as soon as I finish my shift, and it's an extra shift that I'm going to pick up that I wouldn't have traditionally mm. worked, and perhaps also because I've used the track feature of the Earn platform, I know that this fortnight I might be a couple of hundred dollars less 
short than I have been the last few fortnights, then maybe I'll pick up that shift. And again, we've done some analysis around that and are seeing that those feel, those shifts feel a lot faster. That is so interesting. Gosh, um, I'm assuming that the, the integration is, you've done the work on the integration. I mean, how do you connect with, um, with t- payroll and time and attendance? And I'm assuming you're connected to all the major sort of systems. Yeah, um, so all of the major systems in Australia uh, we work with is really two, um, and most of them we have partnerships with to try and make it as easy as possible um, for payroll professionals. There are really two ways um, for us to connect, and it is, I know a lot of vendors will come in and say it's so easy, it's a plug and play, and then, um, excuse my language, but they screw you over um, down the line. And we really, we try our best not to do so. It's another mm-hmm. kind of scepticism that we come up against. Um, but the, the first way is through a really simple flat file exchange. And mm-hmm. these are files that uh, payroll professionals will be pulling on a daily basis. So we need two data sets with an employee's consent. The first one is who you are. So name, date of birth. Uh, mobile or email um, and the second one is um, how much you've earned or accrued and that mm-hmm. will either be from uh, payroll or workforce management if it's from payroll it'll be previous net pay slips or mm-hmm. annual salary and we can do the calculation um, and if it's through workforce management it'll just be a daily export of uh, approved shifts um, mm-hmm. so it really is as simple as that we can get that through flat file sftp or api and it takes literally no more than sort of an hour to set up that report and save it as a custom report in any of the payroll systems in Australia. And then at the end of the payroll period, it's just a really simple deduction file import um, before uh, you close the payroll for reconciliation. Uh, and that's pretty much the, the very simple process. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm a customer and I've got, I don't know, a thousand employees, how, how, what does it take to get me live on your platform? Um, so we, as a part of the onboarding process, we work um, really hard internally, our customer success team, who are nothing short of exceptional, again, might be a biased comment. Um, but they, <laughs> we all love our teams, yeah. <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> it's very true. Um, uh, their motto is to make our customers look like heroes. So when, when we go out, our objective is um, your people um, either want to optimize their money um, or want to support from a financial perspective. And rolling earned out can make you guys look like a hero because people just love it. So we put together custom communication packs based on what we've seen work best in an organization's industry. And that might be SMS um, notification or SMS messages to a web page for Hungry Jacks employees. Um, it might be for a warehouse um, posters probably not in today's day and age because people were going in less. Um, <laughs> and for a white collar environment, it might be a set of emails and then uh, posts on workplace by Facebook or on the internet. Internet. So it really depends, but um, we make it a super simple process that uh, tries to make the employer look like a hero for rolling it out and fixing the specific challenge they're having. Yeah, and look, we know, I mean, we speak to HR professionals pretty much every day. We speak to benefits professionals, we speak to payroll professionals, and a lot of time the feedback back from us is if we're looking at implementing a benefit, we just want something that's easy to implement and something Mm -hmm. that doesn't take a long time, and we're very, very conscious of that. So we really do pretty much do all of the heavy lifting on behalf of our customers. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Zoe Cogutore, who is the Chief People Officer at Pizza Hut here in Australia, I hope she won't mind me mentioning this, but recently she gave us a testimonial and said she was actually shocked at how easy it was. And all she had to do was approve, approve one pack, which our customer success team put together, and then it was pretty much good to go. So Yeah, wow, it, okay. It, it does. It, 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 it does. That's quite uh, unusual for our industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It, it does. It, it really is easy. Um, and obviously there's complexities around payroll, and we're, we're very conscious of those as well. And because we've been in it now for for a few years, um, you know, we've learned a lot. We, we're definitely not as uh, well-versed as a lot of your listeners out there, but we, we kind of know what to look out for. So, yeah, sure. So, and I know there's probably people out there with burning questions because, as I said, you know, my background is a lawyer and I, I kind of am very detail-orientated. So when it comes to single-touch payroll, we've got that covered. It's not a pay mm-hmm. event when someone actually draws down from earn, so there's no reporting requirements. From a tax perspective, again, it's a net after-tax deduction, so there aren't tax implications there. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same that same way you process a novated lease deduction mm-hmm. or something else. So yeah, we've we've kind of learned all those intricacies. It, it, it took a bit of pain along the way, and there were a couple of meetings in the early days where we got asked questions that we just did not know the answer to. <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to say that now I think we're pretty well versed in that in that part of payroll. Yeah, great. I mean, it's really been fascinating um, to learn about this because, as I say, I've been doing payroll things for a long time and I was clearly uneducated. Um, but, we're, I mean, you've only been doing this for three years. It probably feels like a long time for you, but it's its really, you know, a fairly short time. Where, where do you see this space going? Because it's come from nothing to being pretty big in three years. Where's it going mm-hmm. in the next few years? So I think um, I think we have a, a really genuine opportunity to fundamentally change how financial services are delivered um, and to adjust part of the burden of doing so from a bank who doesn't have a responsibility to be exceptionally supportive to end consumers to an employer who's, um, who their people's number one concern is financial stress um, and use the power of payroll data to support us in doing that. So I think... Um, you're right, it's it's picked up a huge amount of steam. We're now working with 750,000 employees across the globe at some really wow. amazing organisations and companies like Walmart have rolled this out to their 1.8 million employees in the US. So I do think you're right, um, it's picking up steam, but I think there's such a long way to go for uh, financial health to be recognised as one of the um, underpinning elements to an overall's um, to an individual's overall well-being, much like mental health uh, has been over the next few years. So I think um, I think we're excited to be at the beginning of the journey. I don't know, Brad, if you've got other thoughts on where you think we're heading or where the no, space is. No, I I completely agree with you. I think on on that on that point, um, oftentimes I think about this and I think about the role that traditional financial institutions have played in people's lives. And um, there's actually a really really a famous and very, very smart professor at Cornell University called Sunita Saar. And she has looked into this and she points out what is called an empathy blind spot. Because generally, when you go to a bank and you take out a loan, um, you're a customer to them, you, you charge an interest rate, you're, you're kind of like a, a center for them to, to make their profits. And so the empathy isn't necessarily there. But if you think about the relationship between an employer and employee, mm. there is a huge amount of empathy there. And also, if we think about it, like the first stage in someone's financial life cycle or financial journey is 
generating an income from an employer most of the time, right? Before you, before you get your pay, you can't save, you can't budget, you can't do anything. So it makes sense for us that that's kind of the right way to start. And I think um, aside from just where the market's going, where the industry's going, yeah, we, I mean, there's a massive push towards this space. Gartner have said by, um, by the next two years, they expect 20% of all employers to be offering a solution like this. Um, but more so than that, on the product side and just being able to, to really help employees, like we have so much that we have on our product roadmap that we're looking to do to continue to you know, build on it and make sure that we're not just that earned wage access provider. We're not just the guys who can you know, allow you to access mm. some of your funds, albeit very, very cheaply. And that's a huge and important part of our mission. But it's, you know, we, we're the guys that is going to support your financial well-being in a holistic sense. Amazing. I think I, I'm so um, pleased that that I I finally got you on on my podcast. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you both today, um, and a real education, as I said, as to what you do and why. Because I wasn't certainly wasn't clear. So thank you for um, to, for being so transparent. What's the you know people are going to listen to this and they're going to have probably more questions than I can think of to ask you. So what's the best way to listeners to learn more about Earned and maybe get in touch? Yeah, sure. Thank, and Tracy, by the way, thank you so much as well for having us on here. I think I think it's been both of our um, desires to actually do this for quite a while. So it's awesome to get it to get it done together finally. Um, I would say the best way to learn more, you can go to our website, www.earn.com. Also follow us on LinkedIn because we provide a lot of kind of articles and other things around financial well-being. And we've got um, specific packs like how to think about building a financial well-being program. And then, you know, it's not just about earned wage access. It's about a lot of other things in the workforce. So LinkedIn, if you just look earned up or myself, Brad, Joffe, J-O-F-F-E or Josh, Josh Vernon, uh, please give us a follow. Um, and if you wanted to reach out, you can do it to me personally at my email address. It's just brad at earned.com if you'd like. Awesome. And earned is E-A-R-N-D. I'm old school. I'd, that, put, an e, yes. I'd put an E in that. We... <laughs> We uh we also tried to put an E in there, but the domain name was 110 times the price. Yeah, <laughs> I get it, I get it. And ends yeah. a bit kind of cool and funky yeah. and new, which is yeah. good. But just to put it out there, that um yeah yeah it's so e a r n d dot com. Awesome, yeah, gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, Tracy, thank you so much. Seeing you again in person once we're out of this uh, current uh. uh three-way conversation situation. <laughs> Look forward thank to you, it. Tracy. It was a pleasure to chat again and thank you for all your support. No trouble. Cheers. See you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you enjoyed that last episode of Talking Payroll. If you've got any comments or questions, please email them to us at podcast at ostpayroll.com.au. And look, if there's anyone that you'd love to hear on this podcast or someone that you think that I just have to interview, and maybe that's even you, uh, please, please let us know by emailing podcast at ostpayroll.com.au. That's podcast at austpayroll.com.au. I'm really looking forward to having you listen again next time I'm talking payroll. <laughs>